the end of two eras. Hello once again, time travelers. In the studio today, you've got Matt Anderson and Daniel Butcher. And we he just got here to my home where we record. We barely talked, and I just wanted to catch up with you a little bit, Daniel. This is the first time that we've seen each other since last December, I think. Is that right? Oh, sorry. I'm I've got my email still open. Yes. Last December. When I was in this studio and it was much different than I hold on a second. I gotta close this email. I wanna give you full attention. Okay, go ahead. I swear there was more graphic novels in here last time. Yeah, well, right where my baby's dresser and, and crib are currently located, I used to have a lot of things that belonged to me, like a TV, a bookshelf with, with graphic novels and books and It does movies. seem more roomy in here, though. Does it really? It does. Because half the room is our fake studio where we record, and the other half is old nursery stuff. Yeah, it, it seems like there's just less stuff. Maybe it's the TV. Maybe the TV was taken. Well, a lot right of where that crib is, there was a huge dresser for me with a TV on top. So yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, it's just a matter of time before my wife tells me, you know, that's the baby's room, right? You got to move that recording equipment out, and then I don't know what we're gonna do. Dude, you totally know that this is the baby's room, right? I still call it my studio. <laughs> I still say, should we put the baby in the studio? <laughs> no, we say, should we put her in her crib, which is in the studio? But yeah, so man, I mean, for listeners that don't know, we're not just podcasters. Daniel, Daniel and I are good friends, but things have just been busy. I started a new job. You are a coach for your child's lacrosse team. <sighs> Tons of time. I've been doing uh, practice for like 10, 12 weeks now. I was thinking about you yesterday. And I was thinking lacrosse is the thing that has caused us to see each other less. It's, I mean, and I, and me getting married. I think you getting married and, and, and me with lacrosse. Yeah. Because on both sides, we both had like new life things because we used to hang out weekly. Remember, I come over to your house. Well, weekly might be an exaggeration, but I come over to your house. I watch a lot of TV with you and your family. And then you got married. And then with lacrosse, literally, you've come over at least once where it's like, I roll in from practice. Yeah. It's time to watch Agent Coulson. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I let We need to stop this. Let's Let me come over to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with you so that we can start to hang out a little bit more. Hey, that's fine. Just again, remember... We're going to be, I'm going to be getting there pretty close. What time do you usually, because it airs at eight, but we don't have to watch it live because you have DVR. So what time do, should I start coming over? Uh, probably around eight. Maybe for like the last few episodes, I'll come watch the end of the season. Hey, that works. I'm pretty excited about these last few episodes. I should come over next week after Age of Ultron. So I'm, I'm not sure when this episode is going to be coming out, everybody. We're recording here on April 27th, 2015. So there is some time travel, I'm guessing. Next, no, this weekend, Age of Ultron comes out. I, know, I have a couple's date. I know. I M- Mrs. Butcher and I are going to go with Kobe, our friend Kobe, formerly of the Green Screen Podcast. I believe they still call him Strangers and Aliens. And you and me and him used to podcast on the Sci-Fi Christian yeah. together. So, me, a couple days, Kobe and his young lady, who I haven't met, are going to oh. be going with us. Stage of Ultron. Now, you know, in the past, you and me have seen so many of these opening night shows together, and. This time we just couldn't make it happen. Me and my wife decided no, to do. You couldn't make it happen. Well, me and my wife decided to do sort of a date thing around my birthday, mm, uh, birthday weekend. D- but now, I guess make... what? I, this is an update. We went to go buy tickets last night, and they're already sold out. I waited too long. Well, and I'm trying to find tickets for the kids, and for the night that you're going. Well, for a different time, yeah. Either on Friday or on Sunday, and the problem is. I have lacrosse Saturday and Sunday. Man. So I don't want the kids up too late on Friday because we got to get up early on Saturday. Yeah. And and again, even the early, early show, I can't find good seats. So I don't know what to say. I know I'm, I'm having a similar situation, so I'm the, not positive when I'm going to see this movie. It's MCU problems, buddy. It's mm-hmm. MCU problems. So uh, I guess I, just to wrap this up, I just want to say I'm glad to see you again. Hello. I've missed you. I want to hold hands. And that's why I invited you here today. So the title of this episode was a little bit nondescript. The end of two eras. We, we tossed around some different ideas, but here's what we're going to do. Well, I think they're definitely two historical eras at this point, thanks to Secret War and Convergence. Right. So in the DC universe, you've got Convergence happening currently as we record. And after Convergence, 
uh, they won't be using the banner, the new 52 anymore, and they've said they're not really going to stick closely with continuity in all their comics. So they want to be able to just tell good stories and not worry about continuity, which I I think is a good thing. And I, but I also like continuity, so it's not. I'm not against continuity, but I like good stories more. So that's good. Meanwhile, Marvel next month, just in a few days here actually, is going to be rolling out the beginning of Secret Wars. And after Secret Wars, it seems like, we don't know for a fact, but it seems like we're getting a full Marvel reboot, which has never happened before. So, Well, how else are you going to get Wolverine back? And they've killed Deadpool between those two. Mm -hmm. Are they going to sell any issues? I mean, the, yeah. you put Deadpool on a cover; it's instant gold. Exactly. exactly. And I mean, is that's Dead- a, it's a you're saying that's a joke, but it's a little bit true. He no, is it's very, very of, true. Deadpool's on a lot of variant covers. Yeah, because it sells. I I, I have two Shield variant covers. Here's a dirty little secret about Ben. I bought from him from his comic store one Shield variant cover that had Deadpool, the one with him marking on the uh, chalkboard. Uh huh. Yep, I remember that. He sent me a second one. Wow. That was a different one altogether. Again, to Shield, same comic, issue number one, yeah. two separate Shield variant. How many are you Deadpool's. at for that, that That issue number one of Shield now? Five. Five. That's crazy. I don't know which comic I have the most variant covers of. I mean, it's not something I really do, so I'm just trying to think. I... I can't think of any of that coming up. The thing is, I want to do something with them eventually. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've got all the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. variant covers that are the photos, and I am very happy to say I've got one of them autographed now by Ming-Na. Oh, yeah. But it'd be kind of nice to get that whole set autographed. Oh, this morning you just told me and Ben that uh, you found out they have a new Funko Pop Agent May coming out. I know. I'm totally excited because I have a spot in the bookshelf that currently has Fury and Coulson. Mm-hmm. May's going to go right there. Is she your favorite character other than Coulson on on Shield? Agents Ooh. of Shield. No, 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 no. Don't you listen to my podcast? I'm a little bit behind. Okay, then if you've listened, oh no, to any, you like I know you like <laughs> yeah, Mockingbird. I, I'm a big Mockingbird. Oh man, fan. so were you so pumped about the news about Mockingbird? I, I I don't know what we're gonna do at Welcome to Level Seven because we have so much content. We we've got our Daredevil plan. Yeah. we know what we're doing with it. But what are we gonna do if we have two shows every week? Can I tell you the truth? You guys started that podcast at about the perfect time because you were able to. Get listeners to start listening during the summer before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by talking about the past MCU movies. Then you had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which did well. You had the movies still happening. You had Agent Carter, Daredevil, a.k.a. Jessica Jones is coming, Luke Cage. Now you've heard about this spinoff with Mockingbird. The sky's the limit for Welcome to Level 7. It's crazy. I think about, I used to listen to a Star Wars podcast back before there was new movies Mm -hmm. and new Clone Wars. And I think about them, you know, during the dark times when the only thing that was new that was coming out was comics that they weren't reading and books on occasion. And and all the... All the things they had to do to get content. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we're drinking from a fire hose over there. Yeah. Welcome to Level 7. That's amazing. Well, we keep getting off track. Why don't you tell everybody what I emailed you about doing for this episode and why you're here today. So when we were recording last night, you said to me, hey, you remember back in the day, a long time ago, before we saw G.I. Joe 2, we did a review of everything from the first year of the new 52. That's right. It was like an 18-hour extravaganza. Well, and I, And maybe, just maybe... We'll repost it here in the comic book time machine eventually, just you know, with the caveat that people know we record this three years ago. Hey, it'll definitely put you to sleep because it's long. Well, every all fifty-two of the new titles from the new fifty-two when they first came out in two thousand and eleven or twelve, I we probably remember. recorded in twelve. We recorded in twelve because we did them as trades because that's mm-hmm. how I oh, read them. That's right. Okay. Yep. So we did that, and last night you said, "Hey, with the, with new fifty-two closing and Marvel now closing, what if we come up with our top five Marvel?" Now titles are top five new 52 titles. Do so you think you could do that? And for one of them, I had a list done in approximately three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then for one of them, I struggled and struggled and struggled while we were recording, but still taking notes, <laughs> trying to figure out exactly how to fill out that top five. Do you want to hear something hilarious? I made my list while we while we recorded last night also. So as we record here today, I know this is all over the place, but last night, uh, me, Daniel, Ben, we recorded two group episodes, one about our recent events and one about multiversity part three so yeah i did make this top five there but i use goodreads now goodreads is such a great resource if you're not out there and or if you're out there and you're not using goodreads you need to change that because you can not just catalog the books you read but also the the trades the hardcovers even individual comics i don't do that but i've seen some people review individual comic issues 
Uh, that's probably overkill for me. You, you got to watch out for user error, though, because I found a whole bunch of Marvel Now titles mm. in on my U52 shelf. I did. Shelf. I had one marked incorrectly, so that was uh, so I was glad to clean that up a little bit. I put Nova uh, uh, Volume 2 over with uh, New 52. So I cleaned that up, but with Goodreads' help, I was able to see which ones that I actually really love. And I have a pretty large list with some runners-up for Marvel Now. I have a moderate list with a few runners-up for New 52, I say we start with New 52, since that's what you are just talking about. Wrap it up with Marvel now. Uh, so you want to just jump into this top five, counting down? Let's do it. All right. What was your number five favorite title out of the New 52? Uh, so this is... So which number is this again? Are we working from five or are we working... Let's I haven't count really... down to your favorite. So... Uh, and, and again, these are just our opinions. And keep in mind, of Dan- new f- in of New Fifty Two, yeah, where we're starting. So okay. Daniel and I haven't necessarily read every single thing that's come out in New Fifty Two. I know I haven't. Daniel's read more than me. That's why I want him on the show. Um, so I'm just doing my best based on my own reading. There could certainly be great comics out there that I never read that should be on this list. But these are my personal and Daniel's personal top fives for the New Fifty Two. And for the Marvel now, so go See, ahead. And I'm I'm nervous because my five, what I would say is five on my list here, is one I'm pretty sure you don't have on your list, and I know that you, there's some others here that you do. No, that's fine. That's good. So, so my number five. Well, I have an idea. If you name one that I have, I'll bring in one of my runners up. Okay. Okay. Demon Knights. Okay, I read volume one of this. It was fine. I just didn't love it. I know a lot of people out there like it. See, I am not a fantasy guy mm-hmm. i don't really dig the dc marvel the dc magic world the dc dark sort of set but i really did find demon knights to be something that kept my interest and was imaginative so it could have been the fact that i'm not a fantasy guy and it overachieved in my eyes mm-hmm. but i was really sad that was probably one of those titles that i was the most sad to see get canceled okay yeah uh i could see this being on your list i've heard lots of great things about it and maybe eventually i'll get to it but it's not a high priority for me so but, and you know me, I'm a superhero guy, yeah. and everything else is going to conform. Well, so this actually worry. is sort of helping me win over. So, uh, Okay, my number five, then, is Earth 2. Now, in general, I like parallel universes. Earth 2 is not the main New 52 universe, although it is in the New 52 multiverse. It's got alternate versions of characters we know. And to me, it felt so much like the New 52's ultimate universe, where they could take ideas and characters and put a new twist on them. And I just found it to be a fun read. And so I made it my number five. I, I, and I agree. It's it's a fun read. It almost made the list. There's some twists that kind of bugged me. But um, I moved on. I survived. It, it's kind of interesting to see Jay Garrick as a young guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, my number four, uh, Suicide Squad. Okay, now this is one I've never read one volume of. So I, what I enjoyed out of it was the Deadshot relationship with, uh, well, everyone, with Harley um, is Deadshot the main character, or is Harley Quinn the main character? To me, Deadshot is the main character. Okay. Now, other people may read it as being Harley, but really, Deadshot, to me, he's the leader of the team. He's the one that I was the most interested in. I was interested in Harley because of of him. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's there's times where I felt like Harley was a little less manic because of the fact that he was serving as an influence. Okay. I think my biggest problem, again, I'm a fan of the old Suicide Squad. My biggest problem is Amanda Waller needed to eat something. Okay. And I say that as a chubby guy. I have a question for you. Deadshot and Harley Quinn, is that a romantic relationship or are they friends? I haven't read it. In, so I in Suicide Squad, I would call it romance. Okay. So now she moves on. Spoilers. Okay. Um, but it really it feels like Deadshot is allowing her to transition away from Joker. See, I always thought that Harley was fully committed to Joker no matter what. So is that not the case? Not in this. And and I'll be honest, I was getting excited about the Suicide Squad movie. You know what's making me less excited? What's that? Joker. The the released picture of him with well, tattoos? Just Joker in general. I just, I don't need Joker in Suicide Squad. I need Deadshot. Mm-hmm. And if you want to bring in Harley, that's fine. But I don't need Joker in my Suicide Squad. You know, Will Smith is going to be Deadshot, so maybe he's the main character in that movie. And that's what I feel like, is Deadshot is the main character. Quick side tangent. So, last Friday, as we were, as we are recording here tonight, uh, Joker, there was a picture of Joker released for one of his anniversaries. It was Jared Leto in the makeup with the green hair, but there was tattoos all over his body, and, and the internet freaked out over this picture. And today, Monday... The DC Entertainment came out and said, that's not actually what it's going to look like in the movie. We just did that as sort of a fun anniversary picture. 
No. So they're yes. So they're saying no tattoos in the movie. I think they're crowdsourcing their character. Yeah. I think that that's what they wanted to do. They were saying, hey, we're going to do something different. We're going to do something yeah. bold. He's definitely going to seem manic. And then I think probably the reaction to the photo is what led them to exactly. make the change. I think they're crowdsourcing. Exactly. I don't like it when creators crowdsource. Okay, my number four, I'm 100% positive is on your list. So I'm going to... No, I'm go ahead. I'm going to say it, but let's not talk about it until it gets to you because it's okay. going to be higher in your... Uh, so Aquaman is my number four. Yeah, I have it higher. I'm going to save it and I'll sub in The Flash. Uh, I read a lot of The Flash, actually, uh, even to the point where I started buying some of the individual issues <laughs> month by month, which is not something I do often, but I got sucked in when they brought in, finally, Wally West after a couple years of this mystery of where is Wally West and the New 52. Uh, that storyline, though, didn't really pay off for me even with some time travel elements. So I ended up jumping off. So now I'm just waiting to catch up on... So the issues I bought, I actually didn't uh, do a full... uh, and get a full run. So I have to finish off the storyline in trade form. So Flash. uh, What did you think about Flash? I thought it was fine. I'm not a huge Flash guy like you are. I've actually enjoyed the TV show more than I did the comic. I mean, I, I wouldn't call myself a huge Flash guy, but I do like him more than the average hero. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's fair to say, knowing you. Yeah. Again, I, I think we were talking yesterday that Aqua Flash might be a dream character. Exactly. For you. I would like to see that. So And I'm guessing here we're gonna start having a lot of duplication. Yeah. So let's so, so my number three technically on my list, and we'll see where you're at with this one, is Justice League. Oh, that's my number three. Okay. High five. All right. I mean, it was the premier title of the new fifty two. Yep. Jeff Johns. And he continued. I'd say month after month to put out really fine writing. Yeah, I, good stuff. He and put, great artwork usually on that that book. Yeah, I, was it Jim Lee who started with the art? He did, but he didn't stick around very long. Yeah, it, it was a strong book. It, again, it's the the flagship book of the New Fifty Two. You've got all the main characters. They work in Cyborg to make mm-hmm. you know a younger, uh, fresher, more diverse face on the team than what were traditional. Again, we had a lot of crossover events going on here i mean the justice league is going to lead straight into things like forever evil mm-hmm. um good solid writing and jeff johns continued to excel um again there's some storylines in there kind of dragged for me i mean the the whole the guy who wrote the book about the justice league well i was just going to say if you look through just trades volume one great with dark side volume two is the one you're talking yep. about that was the low point and then volume three throne of atlantis I think around volume four is when they started heading into Trinity War and Forever Evil, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And right after, so after Forever Evil, I was pretty into what was happening in the book. And so that's when I started buying the individual issues of Justice League. Is and Ben still buying these? I don't think he is. Okay, because I was going to say, you borrowed a lot of those. Yeah, so Ben kindly mailed me. Now, he lives in Indiana and I live here in Minnesota, mailed me a box full of Aquaman and Justice League issues. And that's how I was able to catch up. And then I started buying them myself right after Forever Evil. Uh, it continued to be good. I only stopped buying it just for money reasons, but I'm dying to continue reading. They've got some awesome stuff happening. In I won't say spoilers, but in in wake in the wake of Forever Evil, there was some shakeup on the team, and that's been some really fun stuff. Plus, it, because I had the opportunity to read the individual issues from Ben, um, I was able to see the backups and Shazam, which there is a trade version of the shazam story but it originally was released not in a shazam book but in the justice league as a backup and i really enjoyed the new 52 shazam. well how else do you justify the extra book i guess that's true so so all all in all this one was close to being my number two but i decided to give the nod to somebody else so i'll I'll hold off on that. What, who was your number two? Well, and my guess is there's a good chance this is your number one, but my number two was Batman. Number two for me is Batman. Okay, there you go. All right. Uh, and this is the first... I just want to make sure I'm right about this. This is the first thing I ever read from the New 52. It was Batman. I can't remember what the first thing I read in the New 52 was, but this Scott Snyder writing. Mm-hmm. Scott Snyder has become, for me, the premier Batman writer. Of all time or just of, uh, of recent history? You know history? what? I'm going to say all time. All right. I just I think he gets the voice. I've heard him in interviews talk about working with his author and him and Greg Capullo get along and have a, a shared vision. Um, the artist consistently home run again and again and again in the Batman book. I know that there, there's been concerns and complaints about uh, Year Zero. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think Year Zero is significant. Wasn't as significant. Didn't feel as significant as Snyder wanted it to yeah. be. Um, 
a lot of folks really didn't like the dark whatever. Uh, dark City? Dark City. Um, again, they may not have been as good as the best, mm-hmm. but it was better than most things that DC put out. And the Court of Owls is just... It's it's fantastic. That's the thing. He started out so strong with Court of Owls. He was able to ride that wave, and I don't think anything's been quite as good as that. But you had the first volume was... So when I say volume, I'm talking about maybe the first six or so issues. We had Court of Owls. Then we had the Night of Owls, which was a huge Bat family crossover. Then the third one, oh, the Death of the Family, which was a great uh, Joker story. Uh, you know, it was classic Joker, but not necessarily a favorite story of mine. What did you think about Death well, of a Family? I, I thought it was fine. I mean, I get what he was going for. Again, yeah. I've heard him in interviews. It's I horrifying. Th- I think a lot of people got the impression that really Snyder was tr- going to kill off somebody, mm-hmm. and that really wasn't his intent. His intent was to break the family, right, which exactly. is what he in the end winds up doing. Again, uh, as you read into the 52, you, New 52, you'll see some significance. You know, Robin, Red Hood, uh, Red Wing... No. Red, whatever. Red Robin. Red Robin having tension with Bruce mm-hmm. because of what occurred, even Batgirl. The thing is, is, is I think that Snyder went into Death of the Family, and I think he went into Year Zero, and he said, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to write something that's going to be up there with Year One yeah. as far as the importance of it. And I don't necessarily know if he realized that he had already written something that was more significant. Totally. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. To me, uh, the Court of Owls was a complete game changer mm-hmm. for the Batman story, for the dynamics of the city of Gotham. I wish he had done more with that, yeah, because it, it was so good for two volumes, so a full year of storytelling. Well, and and the thing is, is Snyder made the owl the Talons work, mm-hmm. and there was a Talon spinoff series, and it was fine, but it wasn't the Talon I wanted to see. Yeah, uh, and again, an author didn't really pull it off the same the way I wanted it to. We have another Talon begin to show up in Court of Owls with Strix, Strikes. And, and again, she's interesting. She's probably, in many ways, more interesting than the Talon that got his own series. But still, I, nobody seems to be able to grasp a Talon the, same, the way that Scott Snyder can. Yeah. No, this is good. And I, just to uh, jump further with what you're saying, I, I so I... Like Death of a Family, okay. I, I do think it's classic Joker, but I just didn't love the story overall. And then uh, the Year Zero stuff, which was 12 issues, that I, didn't lose me. I read all of it, but it just wasn't great. But you're so right. He had something really special with uh, The Court of Owls. So I haven't read anything beyond Year Zero. I'm, I've heard there's another good Joker story that's been happening called Endgame, but I haven't personally checked it out yet. So definitely I will. Uh, I I had mentioned that I'd try to do some alternates if we doubled up and I didn't. But here I'll just before we get to our number ones, I'll give a few alternates. This is now this is a probably my seventh favorite out of <laughs> the ones we're talking about. But World's Finest, I typically like that. Uh, it had Power Girl and Huntress, and it was a parallel universe story. It definitely lost its footing a little bit though. So I liked it more at the beginning and less towards the end. There was sort of a cool crossover recently with Batman Superman. So. I I thought that crossover was fine. Yeah. To me, the real power in World's Finest was again Damian Wayne. Not a necessarily a giant fan of him. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite Robin, but the Huntress and Damian interactions mm-hmm. early on in the in this series, um, with her struggling with not Dad and Damian Damian tracking her down and them needing to help each other. I mean, they're essentially both Robins. They've both been trained by the same man. Mm-hmm. They both have the same parents. Well, parent. Yeah, they're brother and sister in a weird way. In a weird way. Uh, And so her forming a relationship with Damon, Damien was just totally impactful. And then when you get to the death of Robin, Mm -hmm. just the fact that she shattered, because in many ways, Damien was the one person from Earth One, or actually it's Earth Zero, isn't it? Earth Zero, yeah. From Earth Zero who knew her secret, knew who she was and she could relate to Mm -hmm. that wasn't Kara. So. Yeah, there were way. That was. There were too few of scenes between those two before they got to Death of Robin. So, all right. Uh, oh, let me give you one other alternate because this is not a. This is more of a storyline which crossed over with Justice League, Justice League uh, of America, and Justice League Dark. But the Trinity War, I actually really like Trinity War, and that led directly into Forever Evil. How did you feel about that kind of three uh, title crossover? I thought it was fine. 
Uh, it was good. Again, Jeff Johns is writing it, so it's a good story. Um, I don't think he was the sole writer, though. Yeah, I, don't they, think, I, I think when it went to the other titles, they... But you know he had to be the one orchestrating yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I was a little confused when it went straight from Trinity War to Forever Evil. I mean... Well, I think what originally happened is, if you look at those early promotions, because Trinity War, they announced about a year before it came out, and I think they thought that would be the big event for the following year, and then they had the idea of Forever Evil after that, and so they moved things around and made Trinity War more of a light crossover that's a setup for Forever Evil. So um, I think they made the right choice. Between the two, well, Forever I mean, Evil was definitely better. All that money they made on lenticular covers. Yeah. So, okay, let's take your number one and then we'll do Okay, so in light of me reading everything in the New 52 that I could get my hands on, except yes. for one thing, because the library what canceled it? it. Which one was it? The Green Team. Oh, you never read Green Team? No, they okay. canceled it. They, their, their order. I had it reserved. Yeah. I had it in my list. And then I got the notice that they were no longer getting a copy. So, so what does that say? Every trade that's come out of the New 52 that exists. That I've been that able to library. get a hold. That the library has been able to get... So far, except for Green Team, which is the one wow. volume out of all of the DC New 52 that the library felt was worthy of canceling. You know what? Now I know I'm getting you for your birthday, so you have that to look Please forward don't. to. Please don't. No, that's exactly what I'm getting you. Uh, so my number one, and it's not going to be a shocker to you, it's Aquaman. Aquaman. It's, it's the one, it's the one uh, series that I bought all the floppies of. Wow. Bought all the trades of. Well, you bought some of the trades. And I've even triple dipped on a few, and, and uh, volume one I actually have in digital, too. Man, so because I yeah, because you have do you have all hardcovers? Because I started getting you I the hardcovers. Yep. Uh, well, I had to buy the hardcovers because that's what you got me. I think I got you the first two, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and for me, uh, Jeff Johns writing, taking the first one, I want to say like four volumes, maybe five. Yeah, he had. He did stuff with Aquaman that was bold and game changing and made him relevant, and, and just called it out. You know, nobody's like this character. This is what we're gonna do to to make him great. But the thing is, is is after that, after the trench, which is not even close to being my favorite Aquaman arc, we get those arcs that are, to me, just fantastic mm -hmm. in the others, which I've loved the others. I love that arc. I mm -hmm. love this idea that before the Justice League, there was this other thing. Yeah. I like the mix of characters there. I really wish that some, again, going back to Jeff Johns and the ability to... You know, kind of like Snyder, the ability to translate it into something else. Nobody's been able to really capture the flair of the others. Mm -hmm. um, That's between true. Between John Ostrander and Dan Jurgens, they've just not been able to pull it off to the way that Jeff Johns did with his creation. Mm -hmm. And then the Throne of Atlantis. I mean, that to me is probably my favorite arc out of all of the DC New 52. Oh, man. You're, I mean, you're totally right about Aquaman. And I had him four, but that doesn't. that's not saying that it's bad. It's one of my favorites. It just happens that there were things I liked better, but... Uh, Aquaman's been a character I've liked for a long time, but this is the best version of him. And I know we've been harping on this, but Jeff Johns to me is the premier writer in DC. I mean, I know you mentioned Scott Snyder as a premier writer of Batman, but I think everything Jeff Johns touches in, I mean, when it comes to what I've read of him, it turns to gold. I, I love his writing. Well, and, and Jeff Parker, when he takes over, he still does a good job. I mean, he, Jeff Parker, to me, is the monster Aquaman. He's always fighting monsters, it okay. seems like. And so Ben actually dropped when John's left, which Ben loves monsters. Yeah. And so I've often laughed because, you know, this is kind of the Aquaman that Ben probably would have wanted with all these monsters that he was fighting. But Parker continued to move forward um, the Aquaman story, continued to make him that strong um sea king that we were expecting and then did some stuff with his mythology with his mother and mm -hmm. his actual rule over atlantis and what it means yeah so i have read the first volume of jeff parker's run on aquaman and i haven't read beyond that but i know it i didn't i'll be honest i didn't love the parker version but i did appreciate how he was trying to set some things in motion when it comes to expanding aquaman's mythology so yeah that's volume five here I'm guess, I wonder if they're going to renumber the volumes once I don't know. Convergence is over. Well, and that's going to, I think one of the big questions I have is what am I going to do with purchasing? Yeah. Because I have the entire new, I'll have the entire new 52 run. And that includes the future, in, the features in and the Convergence. Okay. Like, hey, have you read the Convergence? I have read the Convergence. How are they? Just let's stop right here and talk about it first. Oh, well, I read Aquaman Convergence. It's the only Convergence title I'm going to read. Yeah, that's read. okay. Well, how was it? It was fine. I mean, they're trying what, to set up the battle. What the, period does it take place in? You know, I can't 100% tell. I mean, it's hook hand. Oh, well, then that's uh, the 90s. But we were talking about the guidebook. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And, and there's really no place in the guidebook for hook hand for for the Peter David hook hand version. Hey, if we're gonna see each other watching Agents of Shield here pretty soon, I should send with you my uh, Convergence number zero just to check it out. It's like a good intro to Convergence, and it has all the different worlds that. But I'm trying not to get called into it. Oh, so you don't want to know? I, I'm waiting for the trades. I don't want to get pulled in. Okay. But but really, when it comes to... The, this was a hard list for me to make, because when it comes to DC, Aquaman and Aquaman and the others were the only thing I was, I was buying. Aquaman and the others is gone, canceled. Uh, so Aquaman at the moment is the only DC reoccurring title that I'm buying. I just and, checked. Oh, go ahead. But let me just say this. Aquaman, this Aquaman is from Zero Hour. So do you remember Zero Hour? Yeah, I do. Crisis in Time? That's the Aquaman you just read. So And this was a hard list for me to make. Because it was easy for me to say Aquaman, Batman, and uh, Justice League. But beyond that, everything else was not even close to being a home run. All right, you ready for my number one? Let's hear it. This is a little controversial. I didn't pick a title. I picked a miniseries. This is horrifying. I can't believe you picked Forever Evil. I loved Forever Evil. I seriously loved it. That's my number one. Well, I'm going to accept it. it. It came out as floppies. It did. It came out. Jeff Johns wrote it. It uh, was its own individual story outside. I mean, of course, it tied into other things, but it got better and better. I I, I mean, I liked how it began, but... Uh, began? Begun? I like how it started, but it got better and better. I love the ending. For me, when I look back at the New 52... I think it will be really all encum- encapsulated by Forever Evil. And you'd mentioned the crazy covers they came out with. So those are kind of hot sellers, but also the comic book shops hated them. So uh, that's that's the new 52. Do you want to give any thoughts on Forever Evil? or I th- You know, I enjoyed it. Nice superhero. You know, I didn't. I'm not necessarily a guy who always likes to see the villains uh, take the lead. But in Forever Evil, in case you don't know, it is a villain team trying to stop a worse villain team because the superheroes have have been defeated and so uh led by lex luther a team a great team i think it's uh stop me if i'm wrong i think sinestro helps him out uh black adam captain cold who's so great in it and bizarro first time in the new 52 an interesting take on bizarro too Mm -hmm. i I will say this i think sometimes when you're reading it in trade it gets a little weird because in some of the trades they'd give you like one issue and the and the storyline in Forever Evil that really get really got hurt by that was uh, Forever Evil Blight. If you read oh, if I you read Blight as a trade, yeah. it's a pretty good read. But if you're reading Blight and like one issue from Constantine and one issue from Pandora, one mm-hmm. it just guy and one issue from Dark, it was kind of like Ugh. okay, yeah. I know there were some spinoff series like the Gotham one and or Arkham. I can't remember, what, but I'm just talking about oh, there's the, the rogues, the rogues Re- rebellion. But I'm just talking about the regular no, forever evil main about. title so all right that's the new 52 are you ready to go on to marvel yeah and this is the list i could probably talk about all day long now i have a ton of i have five alternates so i'm gonna try hard to not copy you i have four alternates all right let's let's do it number five for you um number five i'm not gonna speak about because it's superior spider-man Oh, okay. Yeah, I will be talking about that later, so I'll take one of your so, alternates. So, one of my alternates, um, I'm a little worried that this is going to be on your list, Hawkeye. This is one of my alternates. It's the next, you know, if I was to make a top six, this is my number six. And I just say Matt Fraction makes Hawkeye cool. I mean, even with the addition of his sort of sidekick friend, Kate Bishop, who's a different Hawkeye, I mean, her her issues were also great because they... Well, and there's an entire entire trade that's nothing but her. Well, I, I looked into this. Do you know about this? They had... Uh, when they were actually being released, they would go back and forth. So one month would be Kate and one month would be okay. Clint. But when they traded them, of course, they put, put the him. Kate stuff together and the Clint stuff. So the fourth... Hawkeye um, trade that's going to feature our, the regular Hawkeye. Those issues actually came out a long time ago, but the trade, as far as I know, isn't out yet, just because of the way they did the release schedule of you know making the collection. So, but I love, but even so, even without Clint Barton, that Kate Bishop one was great. Did you? I mean, yeah, I, five I, stars. I think that Fraction did a great job writing Kate and made her very, very well relevant. To a character I didn't know a ton about. Yeah, me either. And when you get to that first volume, you're like, okay, it's a sidekick. Mm-hmm. And then you get to her volume, you're like, no, Kate's a Hawkeye. Yeah. I mean, they're just different flavors of Hawkeye. Pizza Dog is great. Um, he's got an episode about the uh, New Jersey, uh, not an episode, an issue. issue about the New Jersey, uh, is it a hurricane, the flooding? Mm, I think so. But makes it feel very real. Hurricane Sandy? Yes, yeah. makes it feel very real. Um, 
sometimes I like to uh, wear a tracksuit at home and call myself a Hawkeye <laughs> villain. Yeah, I mean, I think when people look back at Marvel now and this era that is coming to an end, I think Hawkeye will be one of those definitive titles that really is a good expression of what Marvel now was all about. So that's a good number five. All right, my number five, it, it could easily be higher, but I feel strongly about my full top five here. But Thor, so amazing. One of my runner-ups. I love Jason Aaron. Yeah, Jason Aaron was great. I mean, there were, uh, there were some low points where I don't think I love the... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name from Dark World? The the villain, uh, Mal- Malekith. Malekith. I didn't love the the trade that featured Malekith, but the first two, which was the total God Butcher story, the God Butcher arc is fantastic. Oh my gosh, so good! And I just read um, the one called Last Days of Midgard. Have you read that yep. yet? Which was heavily featuring featuring that Shield agent. Uh, forgot her name. Um, uh, I can see your face, Ra- Roz Ra- Solomon. Yes. Yeah. And- For heaven's sakes, I've got reviews of Hawkeye Thor. <laughs> Over there at welcome2level7.com. Yeah, so that this most recent one, and it was another great one. I, I won't go too much into the story plot points other than to say Jason Aaron does this interesting thing where he explores the Thors of different time periods. So you have present-day Thor, but you also have distant... Thor the, Thor the Avenger. Yeah, distant, distant, distant future yeah. Thor who has now become the All-Father. Is that... Uh, that's uh, the uh, Thor the King. And then... In some of the stories, he ties it back into Thor's past. Thor the Viking. Yeah. And so we're talking maybe thousands of years ago for us instead of like, yeah. So, but you know, when you talk about that, what he's done, you know, you see that all father Thor and he's the last. Yeah. And he's broken. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Thor the Avenger and he's, he's got all of that that he's going to quote unquote live through to get to that. Yep. And he's, you know, he's more mature. Because he's lived through a lot of stuff, but he hasn't lived through the the tragedies that are going to be coming to Thor, uh, Thor the King, and then you see Thor the Viking, and he's just a knucklehead, and he's uh-huh. optimism and enthusiasm and excitement. And you throw those three together on the page, it's yeah. it's the Three Stooges in a whole new way. And one other selling point to listeners, I haven't checked it out. I was not, I would not have considered myself a Thor fan prior to reading Jason Aaron's run. I thought he was a fine character, but not. Nothing special, really. And this won me over. I will read everything Jason Aaron has to write when it comes to Thor and and anything has, and Asgard and all that stuff. So, all right, where are we at for you? Number four? Uh, number four, which I believe is probably also on one of your lists, which is all new X-Men. It is. I actually combined it, though, with Uncanny because... See, and to me, you cannot combine So you have them separate? I have them separate. Okay, well, uh, I the reason I combined them, and, and we can disagree about this, but... Um, Brian Michael Bendis wrote them as two pieces of the same pie. Uh, that I've never heard that phrase before. I think I just made that up, but feel free to use it if you want. You know, two sides of the same coin. Uh, just in the same way that Jonathan Hickman wrote Avengers and New Avengers in light of each other. So go ahead. You talk about it and I'll well, add I on. mean, it's the original five X-Men um, coming together into the future, because into our time, because Beast wants to find a way to teach Scott Summers to be good, to be a nice boy, to have mm-hmm. to have uh, the, the current Scott Summers to have optimism again after he's killed Professor X. Um, I'm a big fan of the X-Men. I like time travel stories. Mm-hmm. I've never necessarily been a big, giant... These aren't my favorite five X-Men, but I loved X-Factor when mm-hmm. it came out, and this is the same group as X-Factor. And right this very moment, I'm actually reading... Uh, X-Men Marvel Epic, Children of the Atom, the first volume of the X-Men stories. And now, having read all new X-Men and knowing more recent stuff, going back and reading these original X-Men issues to me has just been a blast. Okay. I should read back some of those old stuff. The reason I liked it, and and again, I I am talking less about story and more about selling it to you, the audience. I've heard before reading this, I had heard that if you've been outside of the X-Men continuity for a while... And want a way to get back into this convoluted world. This is the title to do it because you got five X Men who are being brought into this current time period that's really messed up, and we're learning with them who everybody is and what's been happening. And so for me, it was a great way to catch up. Um, I mean, I combined them with Uncanny because I, this was my number three entry, by the way, all new X Men and Uncanny because I mean they this same scene appears in one and then you'll read the issue of uncanny and you know there it is again from a different perspective it's like well there are two factions that are at odds a lot the all new x-men and and uh, the gene gene gray school and then the uncanny x-men and 
the Charles Xavier School. And so they're at odds during these storylines. So you're often seeing some characters move from one book to the other interchangeably. You're seeing different scenes repeat. So I mean, it's hard for me to not view these as one product. Well, and it's definitely man out of time, just like Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, but here you are. You're the original five X-Men. Yeah. You're optimistic. You're new. You still have Professor X telling you that you need to report in 12 seconds exactly. Yeah. And you come into the future and what do you find out? He's dead. You're Scott Summers. You find out you killed Professor Xavier, the man you view as your father. Yeah. And by the way, your father's alive. <laughs> He's just a space pirate. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, you're I haven't ju- read the Cyclops. I actually enjoyed that. that I'm not good? a giant Cyclops guy, but I really, okay. I really enjoyed the Cyclops. It's swashbuckling. And fun. it's the young Sky- Cyclops in space with his dad. Yeah. Uh, you're Jean Grey. You find out you're dead. <laughs> you find out you're dead, and that you pretty much almost obliterated the entire Earth, and you have obliterated a few other planets. Uh, you're Beast. You find out you turn blue, <laughs> and you're dying. But hey, you're dating a uh, green-haired girl. Come on. Wait, who? He's, he dates Abigail Brienne from Sword. Oh, Beast does? Yeah. I never saw, I haven't read that. Where when does that happen? He's doing it right now. He's dating the current Beast. Oh, the I, Blue must not, Beast. I must not be caught up in that yet. I mean, yeah. no, no spoilers. She's there, been, no big deal. They've been dating for a while, dude. I didn't notice. Uh, uh, you're, Angel. You're, you're Angel, you find out that you... Get turned into Archangel and then die and then are back, but and, no one knows how. And you're completely wiped clean. Yeah. You know, you've clearly gone through some stuff. I mean, Iceman he's very had, mature. Iceman kind of had the best. Well, Iceman finds out he's a giant ice monster. Well, you're, you're talking about Battle of the Atom. That's in the distant future. But again, even the current Iceman can turn into a big, a giant ice monster. We, you know, we didn't mention Battle of the Atom. That is still a crossover, so it wasn't strictly all new X-Men uh, or even Uncanny X-Men. There was a few others in there. But that, again, again when you're looking back at uh, Marvel Now Great Stories, I loved Battle of the Atom. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. All right, where are we at for me? Uh, that was Four for me. All right, number four for me. Another miniseries. This to me, if Forever Evil was the best event of the New Fifty Two, this was hands down the best event of Marvel. Now I'm talking about Original Sin, Daniel. Oh man, I love Original Sin. I I, I love too. Original Sin. You know, I had low expectations. You're the Shield guy. I like Shield, but I don't love it the way you do. Uh, this story. Was so good, so mysterious. Yeah. Who done it? I'm gonna just say this story, and I've got reviews of every issue. Unwelcome to level. I'm level, and I've kept them relatively spoiler free. Okay. This miniseries completely changes the story of Shield. Mm-hmm. Completely changes Nick Fury's back history in a way that is that matters, significant, and makes sense. Mm-hmm. And there's. There's uh, some pieces in this that are just completely... They give me shivers and tingles. You didn't think I was going to say Original Sin, no, did you? What did you think no, I was No, I didn't say? even put Original Sin on the list because, again, I was trying to avoid miniseries. I know. I, I Because it was its own entity and you could just read that and not worry about all the tie-ins, I thought, okay, this can count. And yeah, I love it. Jason Aaron is fantastic with the writing, Mike DiDio with the art. It's, it is fantastic. It is, it is something... If you're going to read something that came out for 2014... Or came out in Marvel now. This is what you need to read. Yeah. And the ending makes sense. And it has, again, an ending that has significance and power within the Marvel universe until Secret War. I have one complaint, and it's not story related. It's collection related. Uh, they could have collected just the eight issues that came out. And that would have been a fun trade for me to buy and put on my shelf. But instead, they have a really fat collection that has the original story, uh, original Sin story. But also some of the tie-ins called Original Sins, you know, plural. Uh, and I found those to be... They're flat. Yeah, not that good. So. There's one. There's one original Sin yeah, story. Dum Dum Dugan. The Dum Dum Dugan story is... Moving. Moving, emotional, and has weight to it. But other than... So I, I would never buy this collection because I don't want all the other thing... All, I don't want all the other crap on myself. I wish they just had those eight issues. Or even, you know, if I'm at a show... And I see those eight issues cheap. I'd love to buy those and just have those. Well, and, and that's the way I have it. I have it as the issues. Uh, and if you were going to pick up an additional piece, maybe pick up the annual, which is all about McCord. Oh, I haven't read that. Yeah. The, the, I don't the, think that, that wasn't in the collection, was it? Yeah, no, I don't believe it is. I think it actually came out about the time the collection did. Okay. But it actually is the backstory of Woodward McCord. Okay. Um, a, a brand new character who appears in Original Sin in a, in a great way. Served as the unseen. In, in Original Sin, he appears from, what, two pages? 
Yeah, in a flashback. Yeah, but in uh, he's he's got his own annual that tells about how he became involved with the Unseen, and then he is in Operation Sin, which features Peggy Carter right now. Okay, I haven't read that. How's that holding up so far? Uh, it's not as good as Original Sin. Um, there's a lot of tension between Woodward, who's an old school guy, and Peggy. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, number three for you. Um, number three, Deadpool. <laughs> I have to be honest, and I think you know this. I've never read a single issue of Deadpool anything. So I'm going to get serious. I'm going to get serious. Okay. I think that Pashan and Dugan, as far as being writers, have nailed the voice of Deadpool in in allowing it to both have the comedy, to have the funny, but also to really work on the heart. Uh, They put him through the ringer on an emotional level. When it comes to, you know, you can't kill him. But, because he has a healing power? Because he has a healing power. But they put him through the ringers emotionally, and it has impact. I mean, they give him a wife. They give him a family. They give him troubles that his healing powers can't, healing factor can't overcome. And so when he does go on a, a murderous rampage, which he does a time or two, ultimatum, I'll tell you all about it, um, It has you understand why. He's killing because he's, he's dealing with grief and tension and stress and strain, not just because he just likes to kill. Okay, so let me ask you this. And this is the best, uh, the best shield book out oh, really? there because uh, because you see Coulson, they nail Coulson's voice perfectly. When I'll argue in Secret Avengers, they don't nail Coulson. Okay. Uh, and then they've done some fun things with bringing back throwbacks, and then having Coulson interact with it. They've introduced some really interesting shield agents, including Agent Adsit, who is based on. Actor Scott adds it, who you may know from 30 Rock, hmm. but he's also the voice of Baymax. Oh, yeah, I do know him. Yep. So, so I mean, his name and his character model is in Deadpool as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and it's hilarious. All right, let me ask you this, and this is, I'll need your honest opinion on this. I've never read anything Deadpool. If I start with some of these Marvel Now books, which one is the, where do I start? What's the first I, one? I would either start with Deadpool versus S.H.I.E.L.D. or Volume 1, which is, De- I believe it's called Dead Presidents. But you got to be prepared. There's going to be a lot of senseless violence. I mean, in Dead Presidents, he literally has to fight every dead president as a zombie. <laughs> okay, so it kind of makes more sense to start with Volume 1, I suppose. Well, it, well, somewhat, because in Deadpool versus S.H.I.E.L.D., he's trying to get paid because he has to be paid his high fee in a pillowcase with a dollar sign on it. And somebody at S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't pay him. So really, that's what Deadpool versus S.H.I.E.L.D. is about. We should do a spotlight on Deadpool because I, I just want to ask you some questions about him. I know now is not the right showcase for that. But why is he such a, such a divisive character where some people love him like you do and some people can't stand him? And I guess there are people well, like myself. I, I, th- this is easy. This is easy. Why do some people like him and some people hate him? The people that, that don't like him don't like him for two reasons. Senseless violence okay. is full of senseless violence. I mean, he just shoots people, and there's no consequences to him. Okay. And the other reason is a lot of potty adult humor. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of jokes uh, that are at the adult level, and and so I've struggled because in Ultimate Spider-Man, there's an Ultimate Dead Deadpool episode. Ultimate Deadpool. My kids love that episode. Yeah. And they'll ask me all the time, "Can I?" My my oldest will say, "Can I read something Deadpool?" And I'll be like, "No, I'm not ready for you to read Deadpool yet." Yeah. That's for daddy. You know, I don't think I've told you this, but my sister, for what, it was for Christmas, she was trying to get me something she thought I'd like. So she was thinking, well, he likes comic books. I'm just going to pick him out some random comic books. So she got me three trades, uh, and one of them was a Deadpool trade. So I own a Deadpool trade. And when we walk out here tonight, uh, I'll show you uh, which one I have, and you can tell me if that's a, a good place to start or if I should read something else first. So, I mean, our library, I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but our library is so vast with such a deep catalog of great graphic novels. We're lucky. Yeah, I probably own less than 30 graphic novels. Okay, uh, let's move on then. So that was your number three? Number three. All right, my number three, like I mentioned, was originally the combo all-new X-Men and uncanny X-Men. So I'll go up to my number... We already talked about my number six, which is Hawkeye. So my number seven is Guardians of the Galaxy, also by Brian Michael Bendis. I'm kind of shocked. I would have thought that your next one on the list wouldn't have been that, but maybe this thing that I've got circled here is higher on your list. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, so... This is probably your two. Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of a... I mean, it's solid, especially at the beginning. It's really good. I feel like there's some parts that 
slipped from my interest. I just read the fourth volume, which is called Disassembled, I think. Does that ring a bell? It does. And uh, that I didn't love that one. I thought it was okay. But they had a great crossover with um, with the old new X-Men. What was that called? The Trial of Jean Grey. Trial of Jean Grey. Love that. Love the first volume. I love... Uh, they use the... They're, uh, they're crossovering with the X-Men now. Yeah, with the Black the, Vortex. With the Black Vortex. I haven't read that yet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's seven because there's some great and some not so great. So I, I thought it, makes, it makes my top ten. I thought it started a little little weak. Oh, I actually thought the opposite. Because I think when Angela came on the team, well, the, I, it was I, just okay. Well, the Angela thing to me just felt like, hey, we need to stick this gaming character yeah. somewhere so that we can have rights. And I kind of feel the same way. They recently added Agent Venom and Carol Danvers to the Guardians, and I, I don't know if they need to be there. Just let them do their own thing, and I don't know. So, that's what I'm saying. But I, I do think you could do some interesting things with Agent Venom with the Guardians. You know, putting the cybot, uh, the symbiote back into space. I mean, there's even a comment where they ask him, do you even know what that is? Because it's an alien. So, I, I do think they potentially could do some interesting stuff there with Venom. You know what I maybe should have made my number seven? I know we don't need all these alternates right now, but I maybe should have... I don't think this is going to be your one or two, so I'm just going to say it. Superior foes of Spider-Man. You need to stop talking. Okay, what's what's your number two? My number two is Secret Avengers. Your number one is Superior Foes. Wow. Okay, let's let's talk about this. Number two, Secret Avengers. Number two, Secret Avengers. Two volumes of this came out in Marvel now. Uh, one volume that was written primarily by Nick Spencer, and then uh, Ailes Cott came out on the end and co-wrote some of it. And then Ailes Cott wrote the this third volume pretty much by himself. And that's not Marvel now. They're both Marvel now. No. Oh, Secret Avengers. Yeah, okay, so three collections are no, currently out. No, no, no. There's two separate volumes. They renumbered. Yes. They stopped. They got Secret Avengers to like 16. So they had one and two. One uh, was called... Uh, re, it started with an R. What was it? Uh, Revelry. Rever- yeah, Revelry. Uh, and, and it ends Iliad. with how to... With no, Iliad. Number two was and Iliad. Number, and then how to kill a Mockingbird. Was how to maim a mockingbird. No, no, how to maim a mockingbird is part of Spencer's. So those first three volumes are volume two of Secret Avengers. Okay. Which were Marvel now. Because volume one is not Marvel now. And then volume three <laughs> is okay. is the tra- is the collections that came I under think I Andrew Ailes Scott. We're using the word volume to talk about collections, but also to talk about a run of a series. Well, no, they are, by Marvel, they're two separate volumes. Okay. And I want to say they're, uh, the first one's three trades. I'm guessing the second, the third volume is going to wind up being like two trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing, and sometimes it took me a while to get into these, but Nick Spencer is like the king of the long game. He really is. And he he puts these seeds in place and they don't turn they don't come around for a long long time. Mm-hmm. Um and between the two of them, I sometimes question their use of Colson. I think that uh, Spencer he didn't know what to do with Colson because obviously that was a character I was very interested in. With uh, Cot, I think he didn't get Coulson's voice at all for a good portion of it. But the thing is, is like Cot, he totally makes up for himself with how he uses Modoc, mm-hmm. because Modoc's in love, man. He's in love, Matt. He wants to settle down with Maria Hill and make little Modoc babies. That doesn't really come up though until where they renumber and go back to Secret Avengers one, and it's called "Let's Have a Problem." Yes, that one. Is, that's the beginning of the third volume of Secret Avengers. That's a five star read because I thought the original run. I actually owned the first two volumes of Secret Avengers. Well, no, I, okay, I, I, I own them now. All right, I had I had uh, Reverie and Iliad, and I thought these are okay. But my friend Daniel loves Shield. I'm just gonna give him this, Daniel. So you have those now. Did you end up buying the main Mockingbird? Yeah, I bought the main. You had to, right? Yeah. And so, okay, so I thought those were okay. But then you get to Let's Have a Problem, where they renumbered, went back to one. That's just Alice Cott. Alice Cott. Else, is that how he says? I loved that book. That was, I think I said in my review. See, to, oh, wait, wait, let me say this. I think I said in my review that it was virtually flawless. No, I think it starts really, I think it starts slow. And the, the Colson, when Colson starts freaking out in the middle of battle, this is not good old AC from the MCU. And really, that's where the model needs to be for Colson is the MCU. Okay. Yeah, no, this is a great... And, and this is the this is the only Marvel Now books that I own every issue of. Oh, okay. So just like Aquaman, this is the Marvel Now Aquaman to you. Yes. Okay. But you sort of had also to because... canceled. You, yeah, I reviewed it for Wolfman. Wait, it got so. canceled? Secret it's, Avengers? Yeah, after Secret Wars. Oh, man. 
It has to come back. Well, it, unless it, they're just going to stick with Shield. Now. I got so much Star Wars stuff to buy You're right fine. now. I need I need to get some stuff off the list. Hey, let's talk about Star Wars for a second, just before we get to our my number two. Um, so I read only Star Wars issue one that we reviewed on the show, and I think we had mentioned that maybe we'd review the others together, but we haven't really nailed down yet. How, how are you liking Leia and Vader? Uh, I would rate them uh, Star Wars. Then Vader, then Leia. Okay, Leia's good. the weakest for me. I think there's only been two issues of that. Do you think before. we're going to review these with Ben or Sass? I don't know. I've been reviewing it between Disney.com. So. Uh, let's talk to him off air. Okay, my number two. Are you ready? Yeah. This was tough. When I, when oh, I can I, I predict? Can I predict? No, let me just say this first. When I had to go between number two and number one, there was one thing. Oh, that, that's not what I think it is then. Well, there's one thing that made me make this number one. Versus number two, so I, I, they'll be more clear when I'm specific. This is, I have a feeling that this is going to be this is going to be a shocker because I think that this is superior uh, superior Spider Man. Nope. Okay, so, then it's so, Silver Surfer then. Oh crap! I forgot Silver Surfer. Oh my gosh! I totally forgot. Uh, okay, you know what? Let me. I have to add a, a I, zero. I, I was waiting for you to make Silver Surfer number one, Maybe I and Superior number two. You know what? I actually well, here's what I had, but you're right. I should have Silver Surfer there. Oh my gosh, I made a huge mistake. Well, let me just talk about number two, and I'll talk about one and my new number zero, which I just added in. So number two is the Avengers New Avengers combo. Now you like to combine say your five or like fifteen books. <laughs> because I love Jonathan Hickman's writing. I love the epic feel of these books. I I love the multiverse uh action, the collapse of the multiverse. It's the thing that's leading into Secret Wars. I've been reviewing New Avengers and Avengers here on the show when it comes to the Time Runs Out event. There's, I mean, this just gets me really excited about comics, and there are two things that got me back into comics in the last two or three years, like buying individual issues. Um, one of them was Superior Spider-Man, which is why I made it my number one. It was the first thing, but then what solidified that was Avengers and New Avengers. So just to, let me just go into my number one since I just said it, and I'll save my zero for after you do your number one. So then... Uh, my very, the first ever Marvel Now book I read was Superior Spider-Man Volume 1. And I hadn't read Spider-Man for years, so it, it caught me up well where uh, the body of Peter Parker has been taken over by one of his classic villains who has now decided that he is going to be Spider-Man but do it better. He's going to be a superior Spider-Man. So there I was at Barnes & Noble one day and just picked it up off the shelf, was flipping through it, decided to read it there. I think I might be, I'm pretty sure I read it standing just at the shelf. I uh, loved it so much that I the next day I had to go and, and flip through. I think I bought the second volume so I could read that. And I had been reading comics in trade form and uh, you know here and there picking up trades. But this is where I started thinking, you know what? I need to start buying these issues so I can keep up with this story. So I kind of credit Superior Spider-Man with being, um, being the thing that got me back into modern comics but then with that being said then when i started picking up the individual issues of avengers that really solidified things for me so this is a tough one and two luckily i'll, I'll make silver surfer my top one but i'll talk about that in a second let's hear your number one but, and, and let me just say about superior spider-man it allowed them to do some things we'd never seen spider-man to do before yeah, and it lasted for 30 issues spider-man well it's, peter parker was gone two a month uh i don't think they're not all the time but it, it, it was more than every five four weeks Maybe double shipping then. So Peter Parker was gone for thirty issues of a story. Yeah. But uh, Peter Spider-Man with henchmen, I mean that yeah. right there, that's something you could have never done with Peter Parker. Yeah, and it was kind of cool. Yeah, my number one. Wait, do uh, okay. Yep, go ahead. Number one. My number one, which you've already ruined. I'm sorry, I didn't is know. The best of all the Spider-Man books under Marvel. I had now. no idea this would be your number one. A Superior Foes of Spider-Man. This this book is offbeat. It's well drawn, well drawn by Lieber, mm -hmm. Steve Lieber. It's well written by Nick Spencer. Um, it's fun. It is complex. It's got a lot of personality. It's got weird stuff that they just make work, like a what the Walking Head of Silvermane. <laughs> did you know I just finished this about two weeks ago, the third and final volume. And did you see in that final? It, it's got a fine. It's got a finale to it. Exactly. Because they knew that they knew they were getting canceled, so it it wraps everything up, and that wrapping is almost as good as the the finale to New Heart, because uh, people get things, people uh. people that you need to see have cameos appear. Um, 
Boomerang gets kind of, or at least for the moment, his story tied off. You know, and Spider-Man's in the title, but he appears once or twice in all 17 issues of this book. So he's not the main character, Boomerang. I don't think Spider-Man appears at all. Oh, just Superior? I think. Well, Superior might show up. I think I there's think, in like the first volume. I think there's a quick appearance by Spider-Man. Yeah, he he's maybe probably in passing. Yeah, flashback. Maybe. Yeah, but but the it's Peter Parker who actually shows up. Oh yeah, he does briefly. So, but the the main characters are Boomerang and his team of well, he calls them the the new Sinister Six, but there's only <laughs> five of them. It's everything is good about this. So. Yeah, it's it's just fantastic, completely unexpected. It's probably the the one, and I don't own it in trade yet, and I probably need to just go back and buy all those volumes because I would reread this to all in. I bet you with only 17 issues, they could release this as one hardcover. I bet you they'll do that. Uh, let me read you your own review, Daniel. You said, truly a perfect ending to one of the best comic series that I've ever read. Clap, clap, clap. Wonderful. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's how I felt. All right, my new number one slash sort of my zero, Silver Surfer, which I just want to get the word out there for this great book. I can't believe, I don't know. So I went through my Goodreads to pick out my favorite books. I don't know how I missed this. Uh, well, maybe you mislabeled it. That's that's a possibility. I mean, or maybe I didn't, yeah, maybe I didn't label it at all. So I've been reading this issue by issue. When it comes to what things you have that you have every issue of in Marvel now, this is the only thing. I have every issue of Silver Surfer. Uh, I don't have any... Back when we were talking about New 52, there's nothing I have every issue of. This is the only... In fact, I mean, in all comics that are, that are out there in the universe, this might be the only thing I have every issue of. It's, it's quite possible. So uh, the reason I picked it up in the first place isn't because I love Silver Surfer, because I don't. I never liked them that much until I started reading this. I picked it up because Dan Slott was writing it, and Dan Slott is the Spider-Man writer. He was the one that came up with the Superior Spider-Man storyline. So I respected him as a writer, so I decided to give Silver Surfer a chance. It's great. It introduced a new uh, female human character who became sort of a companion to Silver Surfer. So uh, if you like Doctor Who, it has a strong Doctor Who uh, feel where these two are traveling the galaxy, visiting worlds, trying to help people. Uh, it's the most human I've ever seen, Silver Surfer. Have you read Volume 1 yet? I haven't. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even know what Silver Surfer's real name was until I started reading this. So Norin Rad, Norin Rad, he, uh, they made up a, a bunch of new phrases for this. Well, maybe I shouldn't say a bunch, but they call it Silvering Down, where he loses his silver power yeah, and just looks. Yeah, per- he becomes a person. I didn't even know he could do that, did I you? I didn't either. Uh, they named the surfboard. To me? <laughs> yeah, so Don, the female character I was mentioning, she hears Surfer often say, to me, my board. Is that, is that yeah, nice? yeah, to me, my board. And so she thought that the board's name was to me. <laughs> and so that's what she calls him. But the board becomes a character. I don't think this is as strong in volume one, but in some of the issues I've read going forward. I felt like to me is a character in volume one. Okay, well, even more strong. I mean, this the board can't talk, but it's almost like like a, a pet i mean it's yeah, not yeah but it has that kind of feeling where you can without you know if you have a you have a dog at home i do you your dog can't talk to you but you can kind of get a sense for what it's what max yeah. is feeling yep that's mo. exactly huh mo sorry oh mo yeah i don't know why i said uh, that you've totally you've totally I'm dog sat dog sat for him too yeah mo mo he's uh, somewhere he's sitting in his kennel right like, now oh, like, come Matt, on Matt forgot me <laughs> So, yeah, Toomey has that same feel. Uh, so, I can't recommend this enough. I've been trying to get the word out there so that this series wouldn't get canceled. And guess what? It got canceled. It did not. Oh. It's still going strong after Secret Wars. That, that's great. I know. Because it is a really good series. You know what it reminds me of? Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You've got this all-knowing, uh, almost internal-like being combined with a companion-like person yep. who the universe is a whole new place for them. Yeah. And so... Uh, it definitely feels like a, a Doctor Who sort of feel if you like that sort of thing. So you, I see you closed your notebook. Do you have any more runners up? Well, now, I mean, I enjoyed parts of Wolverine and the X-Men. Okay. Uh, Silver Surfer was the other thing I put down. Yeah, there's certain volumes of Savage Wolverine that I enjoyed. People didn't like Captain America, but I like I liked what it occurred with Captain America That's my Dimension number, Z. Okay, Captain America is my number nine out of ten. I, I think Dimension Z... Put Captain America in a place he had never been before. Mm-hmm. Spoilers yeah. as a father, exactly as a father figure, and and so it was have interesting. You, oh, go ahead. 
to see him move forward as a, a new role. Have you read the final volume of Captain America, volume five, called The Tomorrow, Tomorrow yes. Soldier? Well, that volume wraps up perfectly the story that Recommender started for Steve Rogers. And going forward, I think they'll renumber with, is, is he called, is uh, the new Captain America, all new Captain America? Is that it's the, the all new Captain America. Okay, so this is the end of the Captain America run for Recommender, even though he's going to then write all new Captain America. But yes, volume five is a great ending to that. Uh, it Emotionally, it's satisfying when it comes to the things that started in volume one are um, tied up in volume five. Yep. And, but So that's really good. Uh, my 10th and final runner-up, <laughs> so number 10 out of 10, is Uncanny Avengers. Uncanny Avengers. This is a team of both X-Men and Avengers. It had its ups and downs. That's why it's at 10. It had some fun time travel things. It, but one way or one reason I personally not suffered during the reading, but I felt like I was missing something is I had never read, this is again by Rick Remender, I had never read his stuff with um, the Uncanny X-Force um, that had happened in previous years. And I feel like the things in those books led right into yeah, Uncanny they Avengers. Did. They really did. And so I could follow the story, but I definitely think I would have personally benefited more if I had read those previous volumes. So Daniel, let me ask you this. I kind of want to go back and read those Rick Remender X-Force books Will that be useful to me at this point? Or you're is gonna it... find them really violent. Okay. That's what you're gonna find. They're really, really violent. All right. And well, you're not always a violence fan. That's right. I'm not. So we'll see. I haven't decided yet, but that's it. Anything else you want to say on this awesome episode where we gave our top five? All I can say is be safe, kids. Make good choices.